right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show presented, as always, by our friends at High Noon. What a weekend of golf it was. Solly here. TC is here. I know you got the tequila because I dropped it off at your house just a few minutes ago. What up, TC? Gentlemen, God, I'm excited. What a day of golf. The designated Woo. events, uh, what'd you call this? The Edgar Martinez of, of designated events? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just delivered, man. I mean, runs batted in out the ass. Neil Schuster is here as well. What up, Neil? I got to match TC's energy. Happy to be here. Uh, I was trying to think of some other DHs that I could uh, could throw at you, but I, I'm striking out. The, D, the DH is, is everywhere now. Now that everyone's got the DH, it's not, a, it's not nearly as special of a position as it once was. You didn't have to decide, like, can I tack on a few more years if I go over to the AL? And it, it only, it's, it's been ruined. But, of course, the No Laying Up Live show is brought to you by our friends at High Noon. It is here, the new High Noon Tequila Seltzer made with real Blanco uh, tequila and real juice. I've said this before. Strawberry is my favorite, but I only save the strawberries for the best moments, for the best shows. Tonight's deserved it. What a freaking uh, series of events in the golf tournament. There are 100 calories. They're gluten-free. There's no added sugar. Uh, they have hit these shelves. Start Somewhere around March 1st, they started hitting shelves, and they're rolling out across the country. Uh, they should be almost everywhere now. We're almost in May because as of May 1st, it will be in every place that you could get high noon. Thanks to everyone that's been sending in pictures and sending in feedback on the uh, on the tequila seltzers. They are they are one of a kind. You can look for High Noon on Drizzly and at your local convenience or liquor store or visit highnoonspirits.com to find it near you. And we thank them, of course, for sponsoring the live show. TC, I'll throw it to you. I'll let you gloat a little bit for the uh, the return of the Vision Fund. I'll put a little intern. I'm not going to tell you how long the timer is, but I'll let you go. Uh, first of all, that's enough. Hitter Blanco, right, that's tequila, enough. and you know, real juice, if you know what I mean. Big week for the Vision Fund. I told you Spieth was back. I told you, you didn't believe me, told you he was back. Can't believe those two putts didn't, didn't fall in the playoff. Uh, hats off to Fitz. Never doubted him. That was a no-brainer. My guy DJ also in on the fun this week as well. I just want to thank all the analysts on my team that, that made this possible. And you know what? Shout out to Fleetwood, too. Uh, don't, really, do, don't do this. What? Let's no. let's not do this. Let's not. Let's. You should be thankful that the internal Slack is not published because a couple of days ago you said Fleetwood was going to win this thing, and it just got ignored. Now at this point, I don't even think anybody responds to it anymore. But um, around the rest of the golf world, of course, Maddie Fitz wins the RBC Heritage in a playoff. Grace Kim uh, won in a playoff at the Lotte Championship. Spencer Levine won on the Corn Ferry Tour. TC, I know you're going to have a lot uh, to say in about regulation. Them. Not in a playoff, in regulation. Dropping bones all over the Corn Ferry Tour. If you happen to have missed uh, what happened at the RBC Heritage, it was a uh, it was a, a fascinating trio in the final group of uh, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Spieth was about as clinical as I've seen him. It kind of felt a little weird. I was less invested in his round because it was not up and down at all. It was just like seed, 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 playing golf the way it should be, which, uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel the same emotional tie to it, but had an awesome uh, front nine and then hooked it in the water on 10 and was like, okay, here we go, but uh, flipped it right back around and made par after going in the water off the tee. 
Um, he stuffed it in there really tight on on 13, while Cantley had to chip, uh, you know, from the front part of the green and made bogey. Uh, the 14th hole was just fantastic. The par three, watching Cantley chip it in, uh, up on the woodworking, we'll get to that. Spieth made bogey, but then Jordan stuffs a wedge on 15, makes birdie, um, but Fitz gets up and down from greenside, and makes a birdie. Then Fitz gets up, stuffs one into 16 to tie the lead, hits another great shot into 17, but misses the putt. Uh, they go into a playoff. Spieth has a 12-footer to win. It somehow misses. Uh, Spieth hits it to 10 feet on 17 after Fitz hit another good shot in there but missed the putt. Spieth, again, barely misses on the low side, and then Fitz stuffs the pinata to five inches on 18 and wins the RBC Heritage. What a freaking sequence of events. That was high-level golf. Uh, like that. I mean, all day. They played well. Uh, you, you were pretty down on Spieth after he laid up on nine. After Greller, I was down uh, on Greller on nine. Okay, I, Spieth wanted to go for it. Greller talked him into it, and he hit it behind a tree. I said, "This guy is—he's a—he's feral. You don't try to turn him into a house cat." Somebody replied on Twitter saying, "If—if if you bring him in the house, he will shit on the rug." That's exactly how I felt when Greller made sounds like our new puppy. when Greller made Spieth lay up there. Be careful where I'm pointing the finger here. I'll point it squarely at our guy Michael I, Greller on that one. I want to talk Spieth, but I also want to give Fitz some love here. Totally, I, he was quickly becoming the forgotten man there on the front nine. And, uh, you know, even after the U.S. Open win, I feel like I maybe subconsciously rule him out. I'm like, ah, he's not going to get it done. Like, he doesn't seem to make those big putts. He strikes the shit out of the ball. And then he just kept at it. And I think he wore them all down, wore speed down in the playoff. He just kept, you know, putting himself in a good position, maybe not the best position. And then he capitalized at the end, hitting like one of the best golf shots of the year on the third playoff hole. So he's kind of answered the the question in my head of like, oh, you know, Fitz is always going to be around. Even in, even in that U.S. Open, I felt like, oh, he's not going to win this thing. And then, he, you know, he's now that's twice he's done it. So shame on me. You know, fool me once. You, you know, fool me, fool me. You're not going to fool me again, right? So <laughs> that's what the I, phrase I, is. Yeah, yeah. You know, that it's, it has Tennessee. plenty of dog in him. I think it's in plenty Texas of dog. Too. But uh, yes, I, I was impressed with him closing the door today. Um, which, and I think Jordan left it ajar for him. I was going to say, let's, let's address, like, I mean, Fitz made a big leap last year, obviously not just winning the U.S. Open, but just his overall play was freaking stellar all year. And he opened the year poorly. I mean, it has not been a good start to the year for Fitz. He missed the cut at, at Pebble Beach. He, uh, he missed the cut at the he had Genesis. An injury, right? Um, I, he was, was he a little shaken he up? A neck, I think he had a neck injury of some sort. Yeah, but then missed the cut of the players, missed the cut at the Valspar. These were not tournaments that were very long ago, right? So this was kind of uh, come on rather quickly. He had T10 at the Masters last week and then comes out. And he has said, he said on our podcast like five years ago that this is his favorite event in the world and that if he could pick one event to win in his entire career, it would be this one or something like he's going to retire. I think he said something like- Outside of a major. Like he said, like he can retire happy if he wins this event. This is, this has always been his favorite event. And uh, he and Randy hanging out at Spice Bush, man. Just- you know, it sounds like the family had a timeshare down in Hilton Head, just like the big fella. It's it's that's good stuff. Week 12. I also want to call out Fitz to just from almost a career arc standpoint. There's a lot of guys that have come on tour, Spieth being the perfect example, and just make a massive splash. They get right to work. They go win a million times. And it's all we talk about. And I, I have a lot of respect for a guy like Fitz that has been a slow burn and just every year slowly but surely gotten better and better. And, you know, now he's, a, I, I don't know if he's technically a top 10 player in the world, but I, I start to think about him week in, week out. And um, I, I just think there's something, something to that kind of getting rich slowly. And I appreciate that career arc, even though it's not as, sometimes it's not as exciting to talk about. 
I'll say this though: the difference is, and it's well documented, well covered as far as what he's picked up in distance. Four miles an hour clubhead speed is not a small amount of clubhead speed, and he was always the guy that would give you a solo fifth finish. He would have plenty of of really good finishes, but you what you're seeing is the accumulation of being 10, 15, 20 yards farther down the fairway add up over the course of 72 holes. Like that's the the reason why he was so close so many times and not be able to get it done. It's like, dude, it's just really hard to put yourself behind a Rom and a Scheffler and all these guys that are way down the fairway on repeat and outplay them from there. It's just really hard to do. Now that he has closed that gap or even surpassed a lot of the other guys out there, it adds up at the end of 72 holes into, a, you know, now two enormous wins. I mean, those are, you know, we're kind of waiting for him to clip off some kind of PGA Tour event. Now he goes and wins a designated event and a major like that. Those are those are two enormous leaps. Good question in the chat. More career majors, Fitz or Lowry or Ty? I would say Fitz for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it, it fits like, you know, I, I feel like Lowry's had a really, really hot run there, but he's, a you know, I feel like he's older. And I never, uh, to be honest, I never really saw Lowry as a major winner to begin with. So I would say Fitz feels like a, a higher pedigree to me. And and as I said earlier, feels like his career is trending that direction. It's getting better and better year over year. I'll also push back a little bit on the slow burn stuff. He had some big dick wins on the on the European tour. Yeah, but he couldn't get it done over here. And over on that tour, like, he had those wins, right? You know, like sure. Yeah, he he got two two DP World Tour uh, championships, two. Masters over there, uh, the Omega European Masters, and actually, no, you know what? He's won. He's won the Masters five he's times. Got five green jackets. British Masters, Nordea Masters, two Omega Masters, and the Estrella Dam, Andalusia Masters at Valderrama. And it's so Spieth's first twenty-seven major championships that he played in. He had one top ten, and that was a T seven at the twenty sixteen Masters. And now he's got three top tens in his last four, including the win. Like it does, he was in the mix, of course, at Southern Hills, um, like very much in the mix in that. Now this was, you know, he wasn't really in the mix at the Masters this year, but it's just worth noting, it's kind of his time, right? He's going to have maybe two, three year run here where he's going to be in the mix of majors. And I'd, I'd be hard pressed to see, uh, I'd be surprised if Lowry returned to this level of consistent play. Neil, I'll push back a little bit too. On You said, you said Spieth kind of left the door ajar. I mean, Fitz was, he bogeyed seven. He, he got off to a good start today. Birdied two of his first six. Bogeyed seven and then just pars from eight through 14. Birdie on 15 uh, after TIO. Birdie on 16, which was really strong. I was shocked he missed the putt on 17. Like, that was an unbelievable golf shot in there. And then, like you said, he hit the bad Santa ball on 18. He went down the chimney. I was saying Spieth left the door ajar in the playoff. I mean, he had. Okay. I felt like he had complete control over the first two playoff holes, and and I felt like he hit good putts. He did. I too, mean, like, but whether it's his know. fault or not, I think it's like they they said it on the broadcast. You know, it, it, both of those players after those two playoff holes, you had to feel like Spieth is thinking, "Man, I gotta, I'm no. I'm I'm leaving it here for him to take it from me." And Fitz has got to feel like, "Man, I just like he just gave me another crack at it, right?" And that's exactly I'll, what happened. So that's yeah, just you I know, mean, that's just probably how it felt. I just, I don't know, Spieth, I can't say enough good things about how well he played today. Like, four birdies in his first six holes. Uh, makes the par on 10 out of freaking nowhere, uh, you know, out of the lake there. And then birdie on 13 was like a big-time moment when Cantlay was chipping off the green up there. Cantlay was involved at that point. And then the bogey on 14, like, that's not a bad bogey. I mean, that, that hole's so hard. So hard. Like, from where he was chipping in, shit, I mean, Cantlay 
damn near or pretty much chipped it in the water from 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 the same spot. Spieth had a a great you know great chip from there, shitty putt after he had to wait for Patrick to hit you know seven or eight minutes for him to hit, and then you know good shot on sixteen from the rough, really safe shot. Seventeen's giving him trouble all week. Got in there and then eighteen, you know not a great second shot in there on eighteen, but you know, played well in the playoff too. 66, 66 on the weekend and didn't win. What do we call that? What do we call that TC? That is the official McKenzie Hughes. It was a great, really, that was the best I've seen speed look. It was the most in control. As I mentioned, it just didn't feel band-aided together. It didn't feel uh, unsustainable. Didn't feel like it was going to fall apart at any moment. It wasn't like three steps forward, then two steps back. It was just really solid built golf. He looked extremely comfortable in those greens. My only like nitpick is, I still think he's got some fear over the 18 inches to four footers. I don't think he's comfortable. And I think if he didn't fear those at all, one of those two putts that he missed in the playoff gets to the hole, like takes the breakout and goes in the back. Like he's I certainly very stiff over, you know, his posture looks a lot stiffer over the putter from any length than it, it did early in his career. It, right. But and he's not, it, it's, it, it's better than it looked earlier in the season. TC, I know he's going to chime in here that he, we're, we're off of POA. You know, we're, we're on we the are. Bermuda and bent grass. He was eighth in putting this week. It was a good putting week overall. But again, I'm, I'm not even saying, I'm not even critiquing the short putts as much as it is like, I need those putts getting to the hole. He was short on a couple other putts today. He was short a ton on the West Coast. and it, He was short on 16. I know he was short on 16. That one was right in the heart. That was a slow putt straight up the hill though. And it just feels like, again, that, that's my point. It's like, if I felt like if he did not fear those putts as much, we would see the long range putts that we saw go in for so long with this guy. When he won tournaments, he was making those we're bombs. And we're still nursing him back to health here. But I, agree. I, I just think I told you to trust the process. Let's get off POA. I talked to his team. They said, let's just get him off POA. We got him off POA. And the results are manifesting themselves. I'm also not going to be okay with just punting on the West Coast swing for That's, his entire I'm career. I'm with you, Solly. I'm not, you I'm can't not give okay. Him a pass He's a world-class player. you got to be able to play on all types of grasses. Yes. That's, he's evolving that's a as a player. He's evolving. I know, you know I what? Think he's, I know he's, the answer that you guys are going to give me, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Do you think that Spieth, like, does, does that loss today create scar tissue, or does he come away with momentum from this event? No, that was great. He term. was the defending champ. Yeah. I know, but I, I feel like he let one get away. Like, I, I, mm. I worry a little bit about, you know, him not I mean, getting I think it done Fitz at the just, end. Fitz just straight up beat him in the playoff. That was some of the best golf I've seen anybody play over a three or four-hole stretch. There. I mean, really, from the time Fitz stepped on 17, or on 16 at the end of round four, all the way through the playoff. That was unbelievable golf. I'll say, I mean, a missed 12-footer and a missed 10-foot putt where you hit the edge of the hole on both of them is like you just rub, you chalk that up to like, that's just kind of how how it happens sometimes. You, he didn't hit bad putts. He didn't choke on the putts. It just didn't go in. And I think he takes a, can take a ton from that. That's a really, really good field. A golf course, it's really hard to separate from, like really hard to separate yeah. from the rest of the field. And he outlasted, he, he beat a shitload of players this week and was a, like a couple lips away from winning this thing back-to-back years. So I would feel great beat about everybody. Speed, yeah. Those are, those are fair event. answers. I, you, know, you guys know I had to ask the question though, right? You know I had yeah. to address it. Now, I, I want to make a macro point about the, the tournament, the week. Personally speaking, tough, exhausted coming off Masters. Tough. Didn't watch a lot of golf Thursday, Friday. Kind of felt like maybe it's, it's been ingrained in me of like, oh God, I'm going to turn on heritage. Like I, I like this tournament, but it's always a little bit of like, man, I could take a week off here and not watch golf. It was That's such a delight. 
seeing just horses on the leaderboard, right? Like this designated event thing, like you can sign me up for it. This is the first test of it for me of like, I was expecting to see mini ponies and, (laughs) and other type mules and just like names. You're like, like, you know, whatever, whatever. And and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the leaderboard had a, a mix of both come Sunday though. You're looking at that leaderboard in the bottom, right? And it just looks really like, you know, there's some horsepower on there. And that's, uh, that's, that's good. I think that's good for golf. That's good for the PGA tour. You guys feel the same way? Hell yeah. I mean, it just, it, it, there's so much, um, we obviously got to talk Rory and we will be talking plenty of Rory here. We want to get a lot of stuff out of the way here as we go into that, but it is a part, a big part of the reason of why I've been optimistic and excited about the designated event model is what happened today, what happened this entire week of like, it's not, a, it, you know, we got Cantlay, Spieth, and Fitz up there at the top. And our guys that have, we're already playing this tournament. Cantlay and Spieth were in the playoff last year. Fitz plays it every year. So it's not like these guys got added to the field that wouldn't have been there. But what you do is increase the the probability of getting big names at the at the very top. It's well, just, no, but then you got Scheffler up there. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's not playing great. So it's kind of, it, honestly, fun to watch him, like, struggle a little bit. But you got Sungjae. You got Xander, you know, with a backdoor top five or top 10. Like, it's just like, Dude, you you get, like, like, man, the cream is rising here over four days. And I think that's really, really good to see in a kind of a regular stop event. It's dudes who are like good at, like good at their irons. Too. Yeah. Like real golfers, like real, real golfers. Spieth, Cantlay, Shoffley, Sahith, uh, Brian Harmon. It's just a fun, uh, it's a fun, Sung-Jay. while that ball's yeah. in the air on this golf course, it's fun, right? I mean, I don't really want to play yeah. this course that badly. I think it'd be such a horrible fit for me. I think it, I don't want to say it's so bad. It's good. I don't mean that. It's just the greens are so well designed. Like I, I don't like, you know, trees overhanging fairways in general, but the greens are so well designed that it just requires enough artistry when you're semi behind a tree and it just puts a little extra weight on all the tee shots. I I'm with you, Neil. I always am like, ah, heritage week. I'm kind of ready for some downtime. And by the time the weekend rolls around, I'm like, dude, I'm vibing with this tournament. I never get excited for it, but I always enjoy watching it. And CBS has done such a good job covering it the last few years. I think they've really, like, this is where they really elevated their game coming out of the pandemic and said, hey, we're we're doing some different stuff here. And they've kept on, like, I thought the camera angles were awesome today. I thought uh, they had some good commentary on there. They were, they weren't afraid to pull, like, yeah. they weren't pulling any punches. Um, you know, some great down the line putting shots just it was it was awesome i mean yeah the commercial though it is what it is on a pga tour event but um yeah i don't know this is one of my favorite favorite tournaments of the schedule all year even when satoshi kadaira or brian gay or you know ct pan wins it's just awesome i love it this course there's such a great cadence to it you know you got to kind of pin your ears back early with two and was that two and five or like the two two easy par fives on the on the front there seven such a such a tough or sorry four such a tough one to get to and then you've got 11 12 13 like look alike and then they they end up being just a little bit different from one another you got to shape the ball both ways 13 such an awesome hole 14 you got to you can't fake it there uh, there's nowhere to bail out and then 15's just like such a cool like watching guys rip high draws around that corner or over that corner 16's a cool dicey little hole 17 got to step up and hit a golf shot. And then 18 is like different from anything else in the course. I I love this tournament. I feel like as as many beefs as we have with the PGA tour, they get their back nines, right? 
like the majority of the courses, maybe it's just yeah. built up historical knowledge that we have of the holes, but some of the front nines of some of the courses are very forgettable, but the back nines are like, dude, there's elements to everyone. I will say, I think it's five years now since we had like the seminal moment in the shittery that was golf coverage at the time, which was Satoshi Kodaira, the year he won, they bumped up tee times because of weather yeah. and it wasn't live anywhere. You had to follow it on the app if you wanted and everything was taped delayed. And they, that was the last time they tried to pretend that it wasn't live. Now they do online stuff and do all kinds of weird stuff. But I think just thinking about how far it's come today with John Rahm in the booth talking golf at a designated event at RBC versus Satoshi Kodaira winning on tape delay five years ago. It's like, Holy shit, has this event had an incredible glow up. And uh, I was, I mean, for the sponsors that are stepping up to pay the big money for the designated events, as somebody that's kind of, again, rooting for these things to be entertaining, that delivered on that front today. So, which I, I'm super curious on that because, like, RBC, I would assume they would want the Canadian Open to be a designated event. But I think just proximity to US Open and the fact that it's like a national open and they have qualifying for it and all that, they can't make it one i think i th i think it would have to do with the run of of between memorial us open travelers all happening in june as it is um that that, that would be a factor there i don't know i still i, I want to talk about that but before we get to there the no Up podcast is of course brought to you by our friends at titles the number one ball in golf and the choice of rbc heritage champion matt fitzpatrick they sent this copy over early i mean they were confident uh <laughs> that fitz was going to win this thing this week at harbortown 102 players teed up a pro v1 or pro v1x model uh, i'm glad they put that number in there instead of just saying the number one played ball out there because that's 102 out of however many guys were in this field that's a lot 40 or whatever yeah uh, that's 48 played the the pro v 54 played the x 71 percent of the field including each of the top three finishers and 12 of the top 14 uh good news for you tc we are going to run down a very early run down the leaderboard here fitzpatrick plays the pro v1 x as is spieth and cantley sahith hayden buckley and brian harmer all pro v1 guys sung jay pro v1 x cam davis pro v1 uh i'm not letting you get a word in here tc because we're going to save your segment for later Fitz was in complete control of his ball all week, gaining nearly 11 shots tee to green, with more than nine of those coming on approach shots and around the green, not to mention the final approach in the playoff from 187 yards to five inches. Uh, Fitzy's own words on why he plays Pro V1X. There's obviously so many different variables with a golf ball. I've always been kind of a lower flight player, but I'm kind of high spin. So that's where I feel like my game is at with the golf ball, to be able to rely on the golf ball and know that it's going to do what I want it to do, have a consistent flight, consistent spin with every shot that I hit. That's so important. Having that ability to know what your ball is going to do rather than second guessing makes a hell of a difference and obviously makes you more comfortable. And from there, you're going to hit better golf shots. I love the golf ball that I'm in. It works perfectly for my game. End quote. Choosing the right golf ball is all about flight, spin, and feel. Head over to titles.com to start the fitting process and find out which Pro V1 is right for you. 12 of the top 14. That's insane. This week. So, when, including chess, when they on this including RBC chess. note, TC, when they came out with this thing and they said that the heritage is going to be elevated the week after the Masters, I mean, I think like most golf fans, immediate red flag of like, huh. And I, I really, I remember thinking to myself, like, they must know something I don't. They, they must say, let's jam these in. We want to get these out of the way. We want to play back to back. We want to try to peak for these weeks and take more time off. Didn't get the feeling rolling into this week that there were a bunch of dudes that were especially happy to be there. Do you want to do Rory now or do you want to address? Uh, no, okay. let's wait. Okay. Let's wait. Can we go? We got plenty to talk. Can we go down the leaderboard a little bit? Because we got to talk. All right. First of all, when do we want to do Cantlay? Go ahead. We do Cantlay. We got to do. So why don't you do them right now? Well, yeah. I mean, good playing today. Shot 68, 66, 68 on the weekend. I don't know. I mean, he slow played the hell out of the guys on 13, did it again on 14, made him wait 15. Uh, TIO on purpose uh, over the green. 
so did Fitz. TIO on purpose on nine as well. And so uh, and then you know Billy Foster standing on sixteen T. I think just you know about to gouge his eyes out. Patrick had a he had an ace this week. Made a self deprecating joke on there about trying to play faster, which I thought you know maybe a little bit of a of an opening there. Maybe the first shred of self awareness we've seen from him on this issue before. But man, it was it was tough. Dottie, you know, even even IBF was getting in on the fun today. <laughs> Frank was getting in on the fun. Trevor, I applaud him for bringing it up. Um, yeah, it's just not it's not good, man. It's not good. Like at some point, like it's his conduct unbecoming of a professional, and the and the tour needs to step in. It's, it's, it's tough. It certainly is. Um, I think it, the, the one that really stuck out the worst, first of all, I think CBS and the networks have gone back to doing him no favors. They're showing too much of the pre-shot routine. I feel like as they should, well, no, Show no, it no. To uh, us. the commentary is totally yeah. fine, but they, they used to be better. They, they kind of, there's a time period like five years ago when they would cut to him and he would shuffle, 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 and it drove everyone mad. And he has gotten better with the shuffle. I, I must say. And I think networks got better at like, dude, we don't need to show this guy until he's hit the shot and then we can go back. And now that he's been more in the mix, it's kind of they're into his pre-shot routine and like really showing the drag in it. And it's not good for viewers. It's going to drive viewers crazy. One, it shouldn't be happening. And two, like they don't need to show it. Like we don't need to go through all that and want to gouge our eyes out. Threesomes on a Sunday is not great. Like their group really wasn't far behind. So I, I don't mean to excuse it. Totally, like the fifth. The, what happened on fourteen was was horrible. Like he waited five minutes to hit that shot off the, off the woodworking. He got he got his orbital sander out or his sawzall. <laughs> he needed you know? a reciprocating saw, I think, for that one. But <laughs> that was really bad. That's when Dottie got in on it, and Spieth, it said Spieth and 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 Fitz were visibly upset at uh, at at getting slow played in that. And it's an extremely tough scene, and he's got to address it. And if the announcers are going to be that hard on you, everyone on social media is that hard on you. Like it's probably you. That's the problem here and not some grand conspiracy against you. And a self-deprecating tweet doesn't really address it. Now at the same time, no, I still no. remain yeah. direct all slow play complaints at Tron Carter NLU. I don't want to be tagged on any of them. That's fine. <laughs> I just think it, it's starting to get into the mainstream, right? It's the, all the Boko Haram meme accounts. We're picking it up this week. You know, I saw Ryan Whitney tweeting about it. I saw I saw all sorts of people that don't normally tweet about a bunch of golf starting to pick up on this. And he's starting to get all sorts of vitriol that, you know, is is it's not going to get any better until he publicly and forthrightly addresses. He's it. he's and, such an easy target just by his uh it's the demeanor too, right? It's the way he goes about like there's some other guys that are it's 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 the slow walks and the deliberate walking in between. It's the expressions on his face. It's kind of the whole package. So he's not doing himself any favors, which I think it, it's probably in some ways, you know, I don't know if it's conduct unbecoming. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, TC. Um, but what doesn't help his case is when they go to the playoff and Spieth and Fitzpatrick are playing like, I mean, what a breath of fresh air. Those guys are playing so fast and they're it's just back and forth and the action is awesome. So as a viewer, like... It's a it's a great A B test of like yeah having Cantley in that group sucked is <laughs> basically like what it comes down to, so that doesn't help his his case of and, like oh I'm not playing any slower look at the shot link data which is I'm sure it would would be his response and and, uh, and Spieth's not quick not passing the eye like, test let me put it that way Spieth's not quick but like I don't think he's egregiously slow and he's he's like yes he he makes decisions and everything slowly and deliberately but like. He's he's pretty decisive once he's over the ball and once he's you know what I mean like but that's he's, what and I, that's and what he's I'm, quick in between shots. Too. That's what I'm getting at is 
Spieth's slow play is almost engaging as a fan. Like his conversation with Greller in 18 fairway in the yeah. on the first hole of the playoff was like the best part of the broadcast today. Like he yeah. picks seven. No, he goes back. That's or he had eight iron. That's not going to get there. He goes back and gets it. And we got the whole conversation. So shout out to the telecast for laying out on that whole sequence. Whereas Cantlay's doing taking just as much time, but he's doing it all in his head. He's dead silent. He's not talking to anybody. He's not letting you in on his process. So like in some ways. It's just his, you know, the way he goes about his business is not as entertaining for fans. Therefore, he's probably going to get some some heat if he's also slow at the same time. So, is that fair? I don't know, but that's a fact. Yeah, it's just something too. I mean, people are turning up to to, to see Spieth as well, and like Patrick's ten times slower than Spieth is. I'm not I'm not even going to put him in the same universe of buckets. Also, Neil, people are asking what. What I meant by the Boko Haram meme accounts. <laughs> I know, I, that's uh, how you slipped that one in. It's it. We're talking about low-level terrorist groups here, <laughs> like Al Shabaab and Boko it, Haram. People that are that are militarizing the youth uh, with with golf memes. Uh, it's a deep cut <laughs> joke. We'll, we'll we'll unpack that at some other time. <laughs> you should write a blog on it on our on our newly uh, you know resuscitated website. Maybe I will. You know, there's a whole terror network to the golf influencers. We'll we'll get into that at, at a later date. <laughs> I don't I don't want to dive like head first. We've talked a lot of slow play stuff over the years and I don't want to like regurgitate everything, but I will say two things on this. Two ways to improve the pace issue on the PGA Tour. One is field size limitation, uh which we're going to see in the designated events in the future. Second thing, a rollback uh would also contribute to that and it would contribute to less in theory, less spicy greens, less hidden uh, pin placements, less times having to go out in threesomes. Threesomes are what bogs everything down. It's a tra it's a bigger traffic problem than it is uh, a bunch of do like with TIO and grandstands and ropes and cables and people in the way. It is just natural that threesomes are going to get bogged the fuck down on repeat. We've seen it literally like every single round that threesomes happen. That nothing's going to change. People can play faster, but there's still a traffic problem in golf. I'm yet to have hear somebody come up with a better idea than my green light, yellow light, red light idea, which is the only way to reward the and punish the slow players is make them play with other slow players so they can't screw over the fast players, make give them the worst tee times, uh, the worst draws, and give them you know th then basically you start the round on the clock when you are a red light player when you are one of the bottom third in in pace in the field, and let the green light go guys get out in front and go run. That's the best thing I've heard other than just like go penalize shot clock and go penalize you're, players. No, you're I not mean, give, you're not giving my my theory is you got to mystery shop these guys. You got to have rules officials in plain clothes air marshal style. Just so, in case that you never know if if you're paranoid that you could be on the clock at any point then you know what it's the same it works the same way with getting a speeding ticket. Like there might be a, a, a cop up there with a radar gun. It, it seems to, okay, you know, be but, effective for making people drive the speed limit most of the time. But a like ninety nine percent of the people that are commenting on slow play, like, can like do not sign up and play tournament golf. Like they don't understand that there is no point in rushing to go wait on the next shot, right? So that's why the rules that are in place are what they are. If you're not behind, like you don't need to play a shot under forty seconds. If somebody comes up to you and say, "Hey, you guys are behind. You need to hurry the fuck up. You got to play your shot in forty seconds." That's what the rule is, right? So, I, I that, so every I mean, AGA people, does a good job with this, it, right? But like, they don't set like. A better way to do it also, USGA dumped a ton of money in studying pace of play. That One of their biggest conclusions, you got to space out tee times more, right? Like that, yes. it, it, so threesomes 11 minutes apart like it was today, guaranteed bogged down. 
reachable par yeah. fives, going to bog it down. Anytime you're going to make pros hit shots between 220 and 270 yards in the green, guaranteed to bog the hole down. Like, that's just, like, mad. Mules. Yeah, the, mule, the mules are bogging More mules, it's going to bog it down. Like are stuck it, in the mud. It's a trail. complicated problem. The comments in there that say just enforce the rules. I promise you, if that solved the problem, the PGA Tour would have addressed this 20 years ago. But it just however, though, Sally, however, KVD put in his article this week. There's been one player in the last 10 years penalized for slow play in a major. That's almost 20,000 rounds. One guy. The whole the whole out of position thing. They need to rewrite that part of it. They need to publish the shot link data on who is slow and who is not. Because I'm, you know what? We're starting to put militias together, rules, rules and pace of play militias. And we're going to start taking this shit into our own hands as fans. It's getting their, to that point. Their peers also need to stand up and call this shit out. Yes. They cannot lean on the tour and say, what's going on? Where are the rules? How come nobody's enforcing it? It's their tour. So they want to stand behind it. Somebody's got to call them out because yep. we obviously saw it today. We, we heard it last week. People are fed up with it and fucking say something about it's so, it. Like, but what happens like you, They keep talking about the product. The fucking product is also pace of play. One of your you favorite know? moments today, Neil, what happens with speed? Speed took like two minutes to hit that shot into 18. What happens there? Is that penalty? Well, I, I disagree with the, I think there's a, uh, that's why it's a good question. <laughs> I don't think that's a penalty. So I'll answer your question, but it's, there's context there, right? They're in a two, the twosome in a playoff. I think there needs to be like, if you want to take, this is where rewriting the rules makes sense. If you want to take two minutes on that shot, that's fine. But then you can't take two minutes on the putt. And, and you know what, when Jordan stepped up to the green, he, he's playing quick, right? So if I feel like there should be an allotment for the hole, if that's possible, or if there were, you know, guys out there that were actually looking for slow play and looking to call a penalty, the mystery shoppers, as I said earlier, they would take that context into account. If someone had to walk back to the tee, it's like, Hey man, you got to do it. Like sometimes that happens in golf, but like if you continue to play slow and deliberately and make no effort to speed up, you should be penalized for it. And say what you want about Jack. Like Jack used to, you know, be super slow and then he got knocked for a slow play penalty in a tour event. And from then on, he was like, you know what? You're right. Like he took it like a champ and said, you know what? You're right. And, and he and Arnie and other veterans helped enforce it player to player. Right. There needs to be shame involved. There needs to be like we need to make these guys wear scarlet fucking letters. It's I, I would say said it in his we we are not the bad people for this. We are not the ones that are playing slow. We might be the ones talking about it and having the conversation about it, but I hope TC that their peers actually say something. Yeah. Then what ha so again to what you just laid out, Neil, like I would to that I would say good luck writing that rule right like the kind of an eye test situation right no, like, I I got you I know and I'm not it's pretending hard. it's complicated but I'm uh, or pretending it's not complicated I I understand I'm sorry I understand that the rule I don't think the rule's written very well but there is a problem and I think that it should be it doesn't feel like they're addressing it in any meaningful way exactly. it's just like it's a it's a big let's throw our hands up and it's like there's there are let's let's get a jam session going let's whiteboard some stuff here. Right, because it's like a good example is when Cantlay chipped it onto the railroad ties on 14. Uh, I agree with KVV had in his piece. Andy Johnson said it like there is some skill and part of being an athlete is can you make quicker decisions? It's like, yo, hit this shot or take a drop. Like you, you don't get to take six clubs out of your bag and take 50 backswings and 
and think about it for five minutes. I, I just think that that's egregious. And there should be some type, we should be able to come up with a rule for something like that, where it's like, okay, if you like a, a good opportunity, sometimes when it's in a vacuum, from the minute the rules official shows up, like, and you ask for a ruling, there should be a clock on that, where it's like, once the ruling's over, you have X amount of time, because that's almost in a, like, you could start addressing specific situations where it's like, hey, man, and then other other situations, it's like, no, you're not out of position and you took more time on that shot. Like, yeah, we can't police every single shot in a golf tournament. But when a rules official shows up, that's usually where things slow down. The whole group has to stay. It's like, hey, man, now you ask for a ruling, you got to speed back up. And that's exactly that's part of it. That's part of it. You it hit have- in a shitty spot. You ask for a ruling. Now speed the fuck up. Only two rulings per round. Like, it, it, it should be like a challenge in football. Like, you should, like... That, knowing the fucking rules is a that's is a part also of the game. part of being a pro golfer. I agree with that, TC. You shouldn't call in the These rules guys call for an official for fucking everything. It's maddening. Also, like they have all this shot length data that tracks like time between shots and and you know all that stuff. And it's like that's context for the rules officials. Like I would like to see them. Like yes, it is subjective. Like but you know what? I think the tour can do a far better job and say. We're going to make this a priority, whether the players want us to or not, because it matters for the product of the game and the product of the tournament. I mean, how much spicier would it make it if, if they're doling out slow play penalties? That's, that's more volatility on the leaderboard. That's entertaining. And to that, all that to say, almost always, there's nowhere to go on the PGA Tour. There's somebody right in front of you, right? So I, I, that's where it's like, again, it's an enormous traffic problem that in a 70 to 80 person tournament, maybe we do have these issues where it's like, dude, if you are way behind, if you're falling behind now, this should not be happening. Here's a problem. Here's you're on the clock. Let's get this solved. Right. But it is a combination of like, they're literally trying to get as many people on the golf course as possible at the same time. Right. Like that's the goal. Like the Gary Young said this at the players We're a membership organization trying to create as many playing opportunities as possible. It's not a priority for them. Like it's not a priority to get them on the weekend. What about on the weekend? Like what about the masters last weekend? Like, they let Hideki and and Henley just get behind willy nilly. They let like same thing at the players sometimes. Like it's it's like even yeah. when there's only sixty to sixty five guys on the weekend, they're still not fucking enforcing it. And, and, and there's also, no then there shouldn't be any traffic jams. So I'd like to go back and answer your question again about Spieth in the fairway. Like yeah, I'd be cool honestly if if they did. I you could have a like they have a standard bearer out there. Have a kid out there with a shot clock. He can make that decision for seconds. Have a seconds. kid out there with an air horn. As as somebody as he's walking to his ball, like they'll adjust, like just like pitchers have in baseball. Like have a have a clock, have a shot clock in the background. I so think every that'd shot, be sweet. Every shot on the PGA Tour has a shot clock on, for 156. Just have guys a kid in the, in the group with a big clock. I mean, it's not. I, they could definitely do that. That's clock not boy. that big of a deal. They have a kid out there with the freaking scoreboard. Right. So what happens if there's reset it? Okay, what if there's a hit, ruling now, in the group in front? So you still all because t- then no, there's no, just gonna once, be a jam. Once it's like you know, there's a rules official. There's a score in every group. It's like all right, start the clock, kid. They're on the clock. Like the yeah, shot. Or clock you started. do it. You do it. You know, just on the weekends when there's only thirty groups out there, and st- you know, or you just do it in the designated events. We got to start somewhere. We can't let the excuses derail progress so Sally. here's where and, and I, well, you got to publish who the slow players are the issue is the the biggest issue is if you are a medium to fast player and another player in your group is causing your group to be close to falling behind or fall off the pace because the fa- the slow player doesn't give a shit and the fast player 
That's all they think about, right? I'm on the faster end, and I fucking hate when I'm playing the slow player that makes me anxious about this, the brigade coming behind us. What do you call them? The, the, the biker the, gang. The banker, yeah, biker I'm, gang. I live in fear of that I every time it. I play golf. It's the worst. I hate I've, it too. I've played in an event where somebody has taken two and a half minutes of an, on a shot and caused us to be that guy, and I'm the only one that suffered for that, right? So I don't, and I get it. I don't know how to write that rule, though. It's just not. It's, but that's it, where I'm like, they should be penalized. Like, if you had the clock and they start, it, it, I think it would start to show that, like, it's this person that is slowing us down. He is the one that continues to take it down to the buzzer, right? And if there's a ruling, yeah, there needs to be exceptions. I asked for a ruling. Well, cool. You got to then, you know, there needs to be like, we're going to be on you then, right? Like they, they should really hard to, to write rules with position. exceptions. That's like what a, that's what a rule. That's why you have you. fucking rules. Are no, that's no, what they would tell you. Like, like, I can't write a rule. With like, it's a judgment call. Like I can't. All right, we'll, we'll move it on. We'll move it on. But Sally, you're not somebody, bringing any somebody ideas a, here. You're throwing your hands up. Just I like brought the, the best idea. Make the red light players play with each other. Make the slowest players have to play with each other. Then they screw each other over. What do you do on the weekend then? I mean, make them make them do that still. Don't even give them the ideal pairings on the weekend. Make them play in the red light pairings on the weekend. So somebody had a great idea in here. Somebody had a great idea in here. They said, they said they should just put the entire field on the clock, and if the entire field finishes too slowly, everybody gets DQ'd. Whole field purse purse rolls over to next week. I've heard I've heard a lot of great ideas. That's the, that's certainly one of them. I, I might I might unpack my shot clock idea. I think that's sweet. Get another Evan Scholar involved. They've out tried there that. The They've done that on the European Dude, tour. Yeah, I know, and it was cool. Do yeah, it. Try, so it, try it, the, it again. Just try something. Do something. I I cannot stress how big of a like how big of a a. a undertaking it is to shot clock every shot that happens in a pga tour event all right we're falling behind we're out of position right now what are we, <laughs> yes. what are we going to next <laughs> we need a ruling where do you want to go to, where do you guys want to go next uh all right so you were talking about it earlier Sally. what do you think thoughts on harbortown as, as a designated event do they move this tournament from this spot like what do they do so Again, I, I was confused as to why they were doing this right after a major. I'm still confused reading everything and seeing the reaction, seeing the Rory thing happen. Um, yet, if you look at the tentative schedule for next year, there is a, something marked for the week after the Masters for a designated event. I would assume this is on, in, on the slate to be a designated event again next year. So I don't know if that changes after this week. I don't, I don't think the situation has changed. I would think guys have plenty of experience coming off the week of a major and knowing what tournament they've signed up for or not signed up for the week after it. A lot of dudes play the travelers the week after the U S open. A lot of dudes have, have not have, have played this event in the past as well. So maybe just the lead up to the masters is different and not as many designated events in the run up to it based on the schedule. Yeah. I've seen that looks to be the case and maybe it does which, slot which in better play goes away. Yeah. Maybe right? the 2023 bridge year, which we all kind of knew was a problem year in general, uh, isn't the blueprint going forward and dudes come with a little bit more energy and, and maybe fans aren't as burnt out leading into this week, but it and works. They're not mandatory next year either. Like that's the other thing, right? Correct. But it certainly seems like it, the incentive naturally is going to be there at a higher level between points and money for next year. Right. I mean, I, I, I would struggle to yeah. see guys skipping designated events. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, like we're playing fucking golf here, guys. We're not like, we're not shipping these guys off to war. We're not, <laughs> Like it, you know, like we're we're sending you to Hilton Head, yeah, to TCM go play a pro am to play in for a couple practice rounds for twenty million dollars, and you know what? Like if you don't like it, like you can miss the cut, or like you can sit at home and not play for the twenty million dollars or whatever. But like Rom showed up this week after 
I mean, having one of the craziest weeks of his life. We're, we're you know? directing this at Rory now, right? Because at, by all accounts, yeah. everyone else showed up. I mean, they some yeah. fit comments on fatigue and playing a lot of golf, but one of them came from Spieth even leading up into but the that's Masters. That's part of sports too, right? Sure. Is fatigue and playing a lot of golf. And like, it, the, you know, baseball's a 162-game season. Load management and all that stuff. But like, you still got to show up and play the games at some point. Does that mean yeah, it's and, time and to do pick, Rory? You got, they, can, they should get together. Yeah. As a, as a, you know, make an adjustment. If you guys want to, to stack tournaments, there's probably an argument for like, let's just, you know, let's play back to back or, and then we have more weeks off in between, or do you want to have a week off and then a, a designated event and then a week off? Like you guys, it's your tour, make the rules. But if you're, if you're going to show up then then show up. So like, for next year, that's better for the product. The plan is to bunch two with three full field events in between, right? That's, that's the plan. So it, it, their spacing should be better for next year, right? But they also, 2023 was always a hybrid year. It was not going to be the blueprint to be yeah. followed. But at the same time, these guys voted for and and wanted this structure. They rushed these four extra elevated events uh, into happening, and this is one of them, right? So it's not like this was sprung on them or, or kind of forced upon them. Uh, on the Rory front, I think first off, an obvious disclaimer here. We don't officially know why he withdrew, right? I want, if it's, you know, something personal, something with his family, something with his parents, his wife, his daughter, obviously something that takes precedence over golf. We, I think that's, could be understood if that's the case. Now, the lack of reasoning for a withdrawal leaves a lot of room for speculation. And I think we are okay to speculate at this point. He had a whole week to kind of provide a reason for it. If, you know, he, even something as simple as like, if it was personal Hey, I just want some privacy right now. Got a lot going on. Here's why. We didn't get any of that this week. Um, I think there would have been some some leeway and understanding among amongst golf fans if that was the case. And I, I just want to leave space for the disclaimer because if it if it turns out like that there was an obvious reason for him to miss a golf tournament in the you know when we do hear why that we've at least had that part of the discussion right. There's there's a lot of things that take precedence over golf. If not, however, if however, <laughs> if not, uh, if he's burned out, if he's just you know withdrawing because he didn't feel like playing this week. That's obviously very, very, very bad. Uh, I, 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 a tough I do think when we hear from Rory, he will acknowledge this. I think if he was a less uh, self-aware person, he may try to downplay it and, uh, you know, kind of play it off. But I, I would guess when we do hear from Rory, it's going to come with very serious kind of perspective of like, you know, I think that's kind of one of the reasons we admire Rory is he is self-aware and I, I'd be stunned if like any of what we're going to say about this has to be explained to him. He knows exactly that, uh, you know, what he set himself up for here. This is what you wanted. This is what you've been leading. You said in the next Netflix series, if I can do it, then so can you. And talking about making personal sacrifices for the schedule, you skip Kapalua and left yourself no wiggle room in the remaining part of the schedule. And everyone's been, you know, pretty much shouting that you've been pouring yourself into this thing. They don't burn yourself out, like manage your energy. And when they came out with the schedule for a designated event after the masters, again, I thought maybe they knew something that we didn't like who could have, this was a very obvious thing to see coming of like not wanting to show up for one of these things. And I, it may just all may have backfired. Max at one point compared him to Harvey Dent last June. Uh, Harvey Dent also said the phrase, you either uh, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And all of a sudden, it's like kind of flipped on him very quickly. It's an enormous blow to the entire structure of the designated event schedule. Uh, it was built off guys making sacrifices, and he's going to have to take some take some heat for this one. Completely agree, and and I would say this is ninety percent his fault. And you know, I think I still think it's bullshit that he was put into the position 
of having to speak for the tour and for Jay Monahan at places like Bay Hill and other places where Monahan like have a have an informal scrum with reporters or let let more people in and and drip some of this stuff out and have casual conversations instead of relying upon guys like Rory to carry the weight of the entire tour from a communications perspective. And that that was the case for the last six to eight months. But more than anything, I'm with you, Sally, on the skipping Kapalua, not a good, not a good look there, especially knowing that, hey, you know what? If you know you are zapped after major weeks, where also he didn't play the week before the Masters and he didn't play the weekend like he's either. played yeah, exactly. Like he missed the cut. Like Man, I mean, just like you, you rode so hard for this and like, you can't just show up and you know what? Like, I know Rom had some quotes that we'll get to and all that, but like, it's fucking Hilton head, man. Like it's, it's like the most low key casual tournament on the entire tour. It's like something out of the late seventies, as far as the, the crowds and everything. It's great. And I'll say this though. Like he knows all of this. Like, you know, that's what makes it more alarming, I think, in terms of, like, I would not be surprised. This is pure speculation if we don't see him for a little while. I, I, I if, if he's willing to do this, it might be, like, I truly need a mental break at a point where, um, again, that's speculation, but it's freaking alarming that this would happen. And I, it's a, a cause for, again, if it was someone, I don't want to pull a name out of a hat, if it was someone different than Rory that wasn't so integral in planning this, it might be a little lost on that person as to why they can't do this. And it's, but it just sucks when guys like you're, he's saying over and over again for guys to trust him and guys to, you know, he's taking the baton and making guys almost turn on each other a little bit of like, Hey, you know what? We're the top players. We need to get together. Trust me on this and all that. And then like, you know, you're going into battle with your guys and you just kind of bail like that sucks. And yeah, I get, I get that there's, that there's extenuating stuff there, but like, you know what, man, like everybody's busy and you gotta, you gotta take one for the team here. And like, I know, you know, he lost $3 million or whatever because of this, like Roy doesn't give a shit about $3 million, matter, yeah. you know, like he, he, but I'll tell you what Roy does care about his credibility in the locker room. And like guys were throwing shade at him. Xander was throwing shade, other guys. And it's like, you know, Rom, Rom stepped up and did the, the CBS thing today, like after showing up, grinding his ass off to make the cut and then playing really well on the weekend, Rory can't be bothered to show up for three or four fucking days. Come on, man. I got a kick out of that. Like, you know, I mean, it's like, John, we know how exhausted, how tired you are. Like, I can't believe what, what a whirlwind it's been. Now just have a seat and, and do 45 minutes of uh, analysis for us here. You basically just do our jobs for us for the, for the next 45 minutes, which I, I love, but I just thought that was a funny flip on things. I, I would say I agree with you both. I, I, I don't really think it matters what we think, but TC, I think you nailed it with that last point. And I, and I like that, that golf is starting to operate like other sports. It reminded me of, you know, the hardo on, you know, a college football team is like, Oh, we gotta we gotta grind. We gotta work so hard. We gotta hit these morning runs, and 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 then you know they're the first one jumping out like during morning runs with a, you know I, I just yeah man I'm overheating or whatever. It's like well you you can't say all that stuff. You gotta back it up with with some action. For this to happen this early in the designated event calendar yeah. is what's tough. Now I guess the good side of that for him is winning fixes a lot of stuff. That's a long season, so. You know, if he comes back out and he is self-aware about this and he does, you know, kind of step up to the mic and explain himself or for whatever, more so to to his colleagues, less so to us. I don't think he owes us anything, but more so to his colleagues, then I think he's 
you know, like, yeah, man, I needed a minute and I know how it looks and, you know, that's, it is what it is. And I'm going to grind the rest of the year. Then I, I will, I will wait for that to happen. Cause we, you know, he hasn't said anything about it, but like, as of right now, I agree with you. It doesn't look good. Well, he could have also done that this week. And from what I've gathered, that was not been communicated even to the fellow players, right? I reached out to a couple guys. could have also showed like, up and just not said much to, you know, like, yeah, you're going to have to answer some questions because you played like shit last week. But at the end of the day, man, you really could just go about your business. It's Hilton Head. It's pretty low key. Like, I don't know. It feels like, you know, he hadn't seen the family in a while. Maybe you could bring the family. It's a pretty, it's a beach environment. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, make too many assumptions about that stuff, but it just felt, it felt like an own goal. If, like a, a short term, like I don't want to play this week. And sometimes how I feel on Mondays, I don't want to, I don't want to friggin', you know, work today. And yeah. then, you know what? Sometimes if you just beast it on Monday, then you're like, you know what? I knocked out a bunch of st stuff and now I feel better about Tuesday instead of doing nothing on Monday and having a boatload of shit the rest of the week. It's just like, it's just short sighted a little bit. Well, it sucks too. Cause like, you know, I get, he plays DP world tour events. He's doing, he's doing all this stuff. He's signed up for all this stuff, but when you sign up for all that stuff and to be the face and voice of the PGA tour and, and to talk extra shit to Greg Norman and to other people, you gotta like think through it and say, you know what? Like, am I ready? Like, am I, do I have enough capability to do this? Rory's only played seven events this year. This is the 15th week of the year. Like he's, he, he hasn't teed it up in over half of the weeks in 2023. And like candidly, he kind of mailed it into waste management. Just like his attitude was very yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited to be here. And I, I kind of took him to task a little bit after that happened too. It was like, no, nah, dude, like we need some freaking enthusiasm going into these things. If I, if I were to like, again, there's a lot of theories we can throw out as to what has happened here. If I would say he's invested so much of his time and energy into the future success of the PGA tour, right? Which he's also pretty Board much meetings. said, yeah, yeah. like a, he's also pretty much said not that important to him. Like I, I believe Rory, when I say that he wants to leave the game in a better place, he has been, he's one of the leaders of the generation. He wants to be loved. He, he, he but he has also said like, dude, when the rollback happens, if the tour doesn't adopt it, like I'm still going to play the, the rollback ball and tour events. Cause like all I care about is the majors. I think he got to the first major Felt maybe underprepared, felt maybe too much pressure, whatever it was, all built up. And when he missed the cut at the majors, like, dude, I have invested way too much of my life into this PGA Tour struggle here, and I was, and I'm not best prepared to play major championship golf right now. And it's an own but goal. It's an own goal. For, it's yeah, his own fault. Yeah. It's not anybody's fault but his own. But maybe now he's saying, like, you know what? I've carried the burden to this point. I'm not going to carry it right now. I needed a week. I'll be back for Wells Fargo, and I'll play the PGA Championship, and we'll go from there. Uh, but I need to get back on track to succeed in major championships. That's his best possible chance of an explanation with all of the owning that we've already discussed, right? Because it is, this is one of the more symbolic withdrawals. This is not somebody, you know, missing a tournament. It's not normal, right? Because there's a new agreement in place for these guys to like combine their value and get the most out of it in a, see, in a time period when they're trying to get people to buy into this model into the future, right? Like the whole future of the tour kind of depends on this. So it's a lot. I kept waiting all week for like, I, I, I'm hopeful that something is, it's just this and not something, you know, really personal in his life. Harley being had a good comment in there. He says, Rory's quiet quitting. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it sucks too. Cause it's a course that I was actually excited oh, yeah. for him, like to see him play, you know? Rory, like as much as again, as much as we like him, he does some dumb stuff. Like he, and he's usually pretty reflective on it. He's done a lot of dumb stuff in his career, and he's usually able to make a joke about it. And 
Um, it's probably not a joking time, really. Again, I, I think he's probably lost. I wouldn't say he's lost the locker room. I think a lot of people are kind of like, huh, all right. Well, that's 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 kind of a tough scene. I don't think it greatly. It's like when you're. When your captain, when your when your quarterback is out like Saturday night before the big game party, yeah, a little like, bit. You know what, man? Like or like they're they're down on Bourbon Street for the Sugar Bowl, and a couple of guys get arrested. Or when the Jags went to London, and uh, Ronnie Harrison and a couple of the other guys got got arrested in London for getting into a fight in one of the bars. It's like, dude, like you can't be doing that shit, man. And I will say this for Rory, this event, it was like it never even happened. Which brings, which brings me to our next sponsor. That's, of course, our friends at SurfPro. God, uh, that was one of my best yet. Golf is an unforgiving sport. Hitting into a hazard sometimes is par for the course. Same can be said for disasters. Sometimes they cannot be avoided. Thankfully for those situations, there's SurfPro. Again, I say this every time. You don't ever want to have to call SurfPro, but it should be the first thing that comes to mind when you have any kind of disaster relief, any kind of floods, any kind of pipe burst, which happens at the Kill House a lot, uh, if I may say. And if you got a 1990s home in Florida, there's a lot of bad stuff that happens very frequently. You want to be calling SurfPro. They're the leader in cleaning, restoration, and construction, and experts in making any disaster like it never even happened. So if your business would need a mulligan after a disaster, give the pros at SurfPro a call with over 2,000 locations covering 97% of zip codes nationwide wide they're able to respond fast they're available 24 7 again i've had to use them twice or my wife had to use them twice and her in-laws or her parents had to use them once when her pipes burst and their, their place flooded and when they had a fire disaster uh they did make it like it never even happened cannot say enough good things about uh surfpro.com or call 1-800-SURF-PRO today we thank them for sponsoring the no laying up podcast Speece, speece par on 10 was like it never even happened either that was pretty you good. know rinses it off the tee and then you know, just the magic eraser. To tie a bow on the Rory thing, Rom's comments uh, leading up into it, he said, I was talking to Kelly. I put myself in the shoes of not only the spectators, but the kids as well. If I was one of those kids, I would want to see the recent Masters champion play good, bad, uh, just want to be there. And then Xander had a comment said, rules are rules. So I mean, for the most part, a lot of what he wanted is what's happening. And the irony is that he's not here. Rom said, he, he said there was a line out the door of people waiting on their on their prime meets and and I I you know I I have to turn that close sign to open you know we have a job to do here in the butcher shop. Um, it's gonna we'll be interesting to see what the fallout is from this. Um, again, he lost three million of his twelve million dollar pit money. He should one hundred percent lose that. I I don't want to see any waivers for that. I think that the tour should be transparent about losing that. And uh, again, unless there, again unless there's very extenuating circumstances that were not been made aware of yet. Uh, I don't think he should deserve but a pass, again, but it doesn't really like, matter. That's crisis management, right? Like get out in front of it and be upfront and say, Hey, you know what? Like I, I've had some unexpected things happen in my personal life. And like, it's, it, it's, it's something too, where like, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth where like mental health is important and all that. But like Roy's a pretty well-adjusted dude. Like people get tired and worn down and exhausted. That's different. You, like, you know, that's different from having a mental breakdown. You know? Yeah, and maybe again, like looking for just. Uh, I, I, I let me put just, it this way. I hope that's not the case. I hope he just. Yeah. Didn't feel. I hope we. Everything we're speculating about is is the reason, and that he just didn't feel like playing. Like, yeah, that sucks. But like, I hope it's not like something serious. So. Yeah. That would be. I worse fucking hate me. having to sit here and like, talk ill on Rory because I love Rory. He's, he's he's my dude. But part but of the you know reason what? we love him is he can take it. Also, like he expects yeah. fair critiques. Like he, we've given yeah. critiques of him many times in the past, and he can take it. So it's also a good thing he didn't go to live because you, you can't skip tournaments on live. Very no, true. You can't. 
Very true. You know, heard some stories about dudes that have tried to go home during tournament week to family situations they've had and not been successful at that. So again, maybe just looking at it schedule this week off Zurich and Mexico open all off in a row before Wells Fargo and uh, the run up to PGA. Rom teeing it up in Mexico again, defending his title. Man, that's like, going to be playing a lot of golf before the PGA. Shared prosperity. Right? And you know, and like, I'm sure Rory's looking ahead at PGA Championship. Erica's wife is from Rochester. I think he owns a, like, owns a home up there. Like that's a, the home game models are off the charts f- for Rory up in Rochester. Uh, LA is going to be a zoo. He's won at Liverpool. He's looking at the, the upcoming major schedule and saying, you know what? Yeah, this is this is great. I I need to be well rested for these. But like again, think about that before you try to white knight for the tour. You know, tough scene all around. Um, TC, you want to do a little down the leaderboard? I'll let you have a oh, couple. I thought of you would too. never ask. I you would just never call ask. out what you think are noteworthy performances. I'll I'll start with one Sahith Tagala T five performance. Uh, shot 60, 65 today. Costly bogey. Uh, on 18, but he made himself uh, $770,000 this weekend. So was happy for, for yeah. Sahith. Yeah. Xander, kind of an uncompetitive top top five. Uh, yeah, Sahith. Sahith's the man, dude. I, I love watching him play golf. Chipped in a few times today. So speedy. Hayden, He's so speedy. Yeah. Um, Hayden Buckley, 66-67 on the weekend, up to 33rd in the FedEx Cup. He's, he's putting together a nice little season. Neil Brian Harmon. Our megacorp brother. There we go. Um, Sung JM. Good course fit for Harmon. Yeah. Sung Jay is just a stud, man. He needs to stop wearing that white belt with the all black outfit, though. Can I pause you, TC? I'll let you have your time on the back end here just to yeah. float a question here. <laughs> with this designated event model, do you guys find yourself at all, even slightly, even a 0.1%, slightly more interested in the FedEx Cup race this year? Yes, I've, I, I like totally. I would say hundred percent more right interested. It's not really even taken full effect yet. Like next year when they have the different weighted points and all that, I'm like, it just it took maybe it's taken fifteen years, but it dawned on me today of like, God, I should fucking care who wins the championship at the end of the year. I never have. I really should care, and it feels like this is progress. It's hard to when all the events are super flat, but now that we have the tiers, it just feels a little bit more worth following. And um, I'm curious to see how stuff shakes out uh, near the very top now. More than I have in the past, I should say. Totally. Low-key, too. Like, Hayden Buckley, guy like him, T5, $772,000 Crazy this week. Uh, Grillo, little T7 action as well. six hundred k for Grillo. He's... A, I always love watching him. Uh, he loves his I course. Know. I just, yeah. Cam Davis, T7. He had a really good weekend, 66, 68. Scotty Scheffler, let's talk some Scotty real quick. He was extra bitchy today. I probably would have been too if, if I couldn't get the ball in the hole like that. That was like watching watching me in high school. He, he said he got hot mics pretty hard in a bunker. He came up with a, with a fried egg and, and he... Well, I think the quote was, some someone should be fined for that. Hitting up, what do you say, a punch eight iron turns into a, a fried egg. I, so it wasn't for the rake job. It was no, for the amount of sand in the bunker. Yeah, yeah it was for how much okay. sand was in the bunker. Which, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I forget what hole that was on. Was that on eight? I think it was. But I don't, I don't think if he'd have hit the green, it would have plugged. Right? I don't think it would have been that big of an issue. So he hit it into a, a greenside hazard and had a bad lie. Uh, I think the policy going forward should be. Every good lie you get in a bunker, you should uh, be thanking the golf gods. Like that's the baseline, right? Yes, yes. You, it's, it's a hazard, freaking hazard. And we've covered this. I every mean, time I these have guys, no patience for the for complaining about bad bunker 
Which lies. That's not, that's take that away. Listen, I, I, I should not get up on, uh, you know, my high chair and, and preach about being bitchy during rounds of golf. I'm guilty when, when the ball's not going in the hole, I get freaking bitchy. Like I, when he said that, I was like, dude, I, that, I've been there. I've totally been that guy. That's just, you know, got another bat, like a bad ish break on top of, you know, not playing your best golf and you just want to take it out on someone. But it wasn't the most likable moment for Scotty, if I will say. It's just crazy. Scotty was 79th in the field in putting round one, third in round two, mm. 55th in round three, 70th in round four. He shot, he shot 70 today, losing 2.6 strokes to the field. Didn't make any putts. Uh, and he was he was first off the tee and fourth in approaching the green today. He was stuffing uh, it, and he couldn't make fucking anything on the front. Unbelievable. Of that. I had a. I, I mean, shit. He stuffed it on six and like, you know, to like. 10 inches and just looked glumly and he's like, Oh, like, like fuck can't miss that one. <laughs> Again, I've been, I've been that guy. That sounds a lot. So like have me. I. <laughs> um, you know, biggest man, just a, a biggest story of the week. I think we can all agree. And uh, you know, I hate to see him falling back with a 72, 73 on the weekend. Big text, big text, Jimmy Walker, a T 25 finish. Um, 10 time major champion, as you'd be led to believe by, uh, by the telecast this week with, you know, a fan favorite. So Double many, almost started crying. So many fun. A, a story of redemption, guys. You know, that's that is just it's just a true American story right there. So many fun. You want to talk memories. about a shitty attitude? Like someone who had a shitty attitude for years on end there, and then they're lauding him for not not complaining and not. And it's like, dude, like we get it, man. Like he's he's fought back. So much adversity. He got to use his top 50 career money list exemption this year. And just just a, a brave story. I get it. He had like he had Lyme disease. There's some adversity there, but also like it's like Lyme disease sounds Wa tough. Like, like it sounds very tough. Like yeah, I, yeah. That, that that part I don't want to make fun of. I more than want no, to No, I'm not it, making yeah, fun yeah. of it at all. I'm just saying, like, it's like, yes, that's part of the story, but also like like, yeah, I guess credit to him for like not mailing it in and like retiring. But also, like, they just lingered I don't on know. it. For I just a thought long everything time. was just over the top. Well, it just yeah, felt today, weird, yeah. like that. If you want to, like, play that up, if he's in contention on Sunday, it's just like they went right to it on like Friday, Thursday, and Friday. It's yeah. like, yo, there's a lot of golf left, and sure enough, like he kind of fell down the leaderboard and wasn't a factor on Sunday. So it just felt like a, a weird story to to uh, glom onto when it's like, yeah, the guy, you know, he's a professional golfer. Like, I hope he's back in the mix and clearly a very talented one. So it's it, but I don't know. They have it. I guess they've done that a little bit with, with Ricky, you know, that he's playing better this year. So it's been whenever he's like up towards the top of the leaderboard, it's like, Oh, Ricky's back, you know, but Ricky's also one a like, little more truly one of the most popular players in the entire game. <laughs> like yeah. Jimmy so Walker he might not. deserve it a little bit more, but it just felt like premature for them to go hard on the big tech stuff on Friday. And yeah. And yeah, like Jimmy always talking about like, Oh, you know what? Like I just was miserable out here. And like, dude, like I get it. You had some adversity, but like your attitude's on you. Right. And like, if you were miserable out here, like I'm happy that you're happy out on tour now, but like, that's a choice as well to be miserable and, and you know, all that. And I, don't know. I had a couple unsure about that major win. If it even happened, TC, as I know you've been yeah. on record for, for discussing. It, it's, it's an alleged, alleged major. Uh, Neil, I wanted to give a little shine to Chez. Please. As well. T T eleven for Chess. Big ass payday for Chess. Four hundred and forty five thousand dollars. He's been in the wilderness a little bit to start the year off. So that's that's really good stuff. Of course, you know, of course it favors ball strikers. Of course Chess is gonna be up there uh, you know, competing. That's what he does. He competes. 
Uh, Taylor Moore continued his his strong play, 13th in the FedEx Cup, T11. Homeless Hubs uh, kind of kind of faltered a little bit on the weekend. Bermuda Burns playing well on on Bermuda. Uh, we talked about Rom a little bit. Ricky T15. Ricky's high with my guy. Ricky's yeah. 25th. Ricky's back. FedEx Cup. Yeah. You know, as again as we get into locking up that top 50 and exemption into all the designated events for next year, the dude is playing some. Not outrageous golf, but just very, very solid high floor golf. Speaking of someone who's playing high floor golf, Tommy Fleetwood, T15, minus 11. A little even par today. Kind of petered out. Couldn't make any putts. Kind of a Couldn't classic putts, Sunday but... story for our guy, Tommy. <laughs> he just, he, you know what, Neil? He's unlucky. Sure. As Sally would say, with he was 61st in putting today. He was unlucky. No, that's, that's out of character close. for him. That's very – him being 61st in putting feels like – I've never seen that before on Sunday. That's not what the luck factor is here at all. I don't. Don't do this, TC. You don't want this. You don't want this heat. Uh, I, I also want to give a again, shout out to Carson Young. Shout out to to Finno and Fleetwood. I you're one of my favorite players. I love you and I love rooting for you and I root for you at all times. This any hate that goes towards Fleetwood is directed strictly and solely at TC. That is just I want that stated okay. for the record. Carson Young, friend of the program, T19, pretty good year. He's inside the top 125. Matt Kuchar. Booked his te- his top twenty. He's like I said on our preview show this week. He's like a he's like a utility or like a railroad stock. He just just does it. Uh, JT made the cut. Full sixty six in the final round this week. You know, kind of a shot maker. I'd like to see JT win this tournament at some point. I think that would be an interesting deal. I think that's all I've got. That's, that's thank you, TC. Well, again, track again. JT is not at risk of not being in the designated events because of his OWGR ranking, but sixty fifth in FedEx Cup as we are you know, over halfway through the PGA tour season. Again, just worth following. He just has not, has not stuffed the pinata has not had high finishes. It's not he's, been he's, horrible golf. It's just been very mediocre. He's back running the mules. Yes. He's, he's in the Peloton. He fell, <laughs> fell back in the Peloton with all the mules. It seemed, it seemed like a lot of the mules fell back th- this weekend. There were, there were quite a few mules up there on the leaderboard and you know, they just kind of petered out. So that's how pretty much all the designated events have gone, really, you know? I mean, it's, it's you know, the, uh, I guess, with Kurt Kitayama winning, uh, I don't know if he's, he's not quite mule territory. Is he a mini horse, uh, mini pony, Neil, probably? I would say he's definitely firmly in that mini pony, like okay. second tier. You know, some people, I think it was drafting horses, people were saying, you know, like they're not the thoroughbreds, but they're kind of, Cody, I might need Cody to chime in here. He's he's our resident horse expert, um, but text. I don't know. He's not coming in. He doesn't. He doesn't want the smoke. He doesn't want. You want there he I'm is. Just, this is. I'm continuing my moment of silence for Jimmy Walker right now. Okay, I'm still a little. <laughs> Jimmy's your boy. Bothered. We will. This is horse talk. So I'd have to call up Aaron right now too to get it done. <laughs> don't. We're don't, not even going nope, there. Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Will Zaltoris out with back surgery will miss the remainder tough. of the season. That is a tough blow. Um, he did for that. Will. Tough blow for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Um, we'll we'll be doing some Ryder Cup segments here in the future. And what's we'll the that, what's but. the timeline on a micro dissectomy? I don't know. He says he's already reaped the benefits of it or it already feels better, but I, I think it's a total wash in the season, and I, I'm guessing January would Sucks. be uh, when that's back. But good to have it addressed and not have it linger if that is the case. But, yeah, it's a, a tough scene. The only thing that I have to add on it is any concern that, like, a week prior, he's like, I am, like, almost 100%. We are good to go. And then immediately, like, less than a week later, is like, I'm done. Like did a new appointment? Is he it's does he good. have to dial up somebody and like, oh, we got you in for next week? He's like, oh shit, well, I just made these comments. You can't wait till August now. 
It's not good. That's all I know. I, I, I couldn't couldn't tell you. So you've been you've been parroting that line a lot lately. It's not good. It's not good. You see, I I don't I don't support it's it. Not it's good. not good. Every time something American bad happens Airlines. on American, you want me to apologize. Like I don't support like I don't support any bad things that happen on the airlines. Not good. Don't love it. This one was for you, Neil at Chap Todd said, "Will you issue a formal apology, a formal thank you to Liv for forcing RBC to get rid of the DJ commercial and make a new one? Because we've been hard on that one in the past." Yes, uh, you know, I kind of maybe Stockholm syndrome missed it. I mean, the new one that they started running is—it's just I can't really make fun of it. It's very stock. I—I uh, I do want to give the telecast a shout out though. I thought that was a fantastic day with CBS. I feel like they're firing on all cylinders. Trevor's fitting in really well. We already knew that after Augusta. I think Nance has a, some renewed energy in the booth working with a new partner. Uh, I, and I feel like, you know, Dottie's been great and the camera angles they got, they laying out on caddy conversations. The commercial load feels manageable. It's, and then bringing Rom in. I thought that was a really nice touch. Like, you know, did he, did he do some crazy, you know, analysis? No, but it's just nice to get like real time feedback from the number one golfer in the world on how he would play shots that these guys are playing and what he thinks of Cantlay and what he thinks of Spieth's game. It's just, it's just you know, it's fun to listen to. And it's a, it, it, it's a change up for you when you're watching the coverage. So shout out to CBS. I thought they did an excellent job today. I said that I at Bay Hill. I literally tweeted. I was like, this would be a great Sunday. Rom's off the golf course. He's number one player in the world. Like this would be a great time to bring him in the booth. I know he's shown interest in wanting to do this. Like this is what would, again, part of the reason we've been excited about this designated event model is like the light bulb has gone off for these guys. Uh, we got to We got to dance a little bit. We got to entertain people. We got to do some additive stuff that makes people interested in our sport. The walk and talks and something like this is again, it makes it what 10, 15% better. It's not like, it's not, nothing's going viral from what John did in the booth. It wasn't amazing. He didn't have incredible insight. It's just engaging. It just like makes you feel like not being the mark while watching PGA tour golf on television, which again, as of not that many years ago, I felt like a fucking mark every time I watched one of these events. And now I just feel like I'm treated with some respect. It feels worth my time to watch. I think there, I've been said, look, all right, with full swing, like you're going to have an opportunity to entertain a brand new set of fans. And I feel like they're, again, the commercial load's a problem, but they are taking that obligation a lot more seriously and the whole golf world's better off for it. So. Amen. No, it, it, it feels like we're not the only ones that are invested. Yeah. Anymore, right? Yeah. Like, well, and they, it just seems like good energy. Everybody seems to get along on the telecast. Uh, not that they didn't when Faldo was around, but it just seemed looser, like, right? Yeah, it feels like looser. Cold it feels like everybody's, and, I think Cole yeah, has something just, to do with that. You know, he, he's, you know, whether you like him or not, he drops in a good zinger here and there. And it just feels like they have a good chemistry going. Uh, also, Sally, I just want to confirm are you taking credit for the ROM interview or for the, for the ROM analysis? Yeah. I literally tweeted that on like May on March fifth. I literally said, "Bring Rom in the booth right now." This would be incredible. Everyone responded, zero percent chance that would ever happen. He would never do that. All these guys want to. All they want to do is leave town. I'm like, no, no. Like Rom would do this. He would do this, okay. and he'd be really good at it. Please, please credit it. the no laying it up Twitter account. That's right. Why would I not <laughs> take credit? Such for a that? stud, man. Like who, who would have seen this coming from? It's like he, like he just continues to impress and do endearing positive thoughtful stuff over and over and over again like it's it's really cool i like the guy oh he's the best i think it 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 is carried for uh golf fans maybe a bit too much just his his still very strong tendency to just let out a very big <laughs> just walking off walking off a greed which he will still very much do 
but I love Rob. He's the best. But now, like, even that becomes endearing. Yes. You oh, show it's that, funnier now. You know, you're just getting it. Like, yo, I just got to get it out, man. <laughs> it's very relatable. Um, I, th- so. I think uh, some more some more content with Rom is, is hopefully in the cards. But TC, you want to give us a little uh, preview of some of the pairings, uh, some of the highlight pairings for Zurich next week? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, we got the Fitzpatrick bros. I think that, that's pretty cool. Alex, kind of a newly minted pro here over the last year or two, playing with his brother. Colin Morikawa, Max Homa playing together. Siwoo and Tom Kim playing together. Uh, Sam Burns and Billy Horschel, as we found out in uh, the full swing documentary, uh, you know, very close friends. Of course, Cantley and Shoffley are, are, uh, defending. Gosh, who else we got? We got Tyler Duncan and Hank Libiota, the, uh, the, the, uh, Nocatee team from Northeast Florida here. Uh, Hermie and Ryan armor two two Ohio guys, couple, couple mules, team, mules up. the pack, uh, Luke list, Henrik Norlander, a couple of noted Augusta. God, those are Natives. like those guys aren't mules. Those are two oxen right there. They've got the uh, the yoke over them, just ready to, ready to pull some shit. Uh, we got Streber and the Prophet Troy Merritt. Hell yeah, playing together. Uh, two of the just worst worst dressed people on tour. <laughs> not Gosh, anymore. Not anymore for Troy Merritt. He's a rowback guy now. Come on now, That's TC. Uh, oh, did he switch? Right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. God, expect some party boy patterns. I have not seen his new fit. Uh, we've got Michael Thompson and Paresh Amin uh, playing together. Cody, any anything to add on Paresh Amin? Just generally, he's I, I think he's a, a former military guy, right? He is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sir, was in the Navy and in the Army for a long, long time. I know Paresh very well. Uh, you're goading me into saying something right now, TC. I'm not going to do it, though. <laughs> uh, I, I like seeing all veterans get opportunities out there. This is clearly a big, uh, like, take your kid to school day. So uh, hopefully he capitalizes on it. But all in all, uh, he, he, he's like 42 years old, tried to turn pro after retiring, and has horrible results on G-Pro and everything else like that. Like, really, really, really bad. So we'll see how this goes. Brentley Romine tweets that he's 43-year-old sponsor of has played 26 G Pro Tour events the last three years with no made cuts, shot 42 over for four days at Canada, uh, Canada uh, Q School this year. That's that's tough. Eesh. That's tough. I, I, I would – that's bad. Uh, and you know what? If you want to take a veteran to work, Michael, then, like, call up Kyle Westmoreland or Tom Whitney who finished sixth on the Corn Ferry Tour this this week. Call him up. He's playing great golf. Is that how it works? Can these guys, can one of the pros just pick whoever they want? I, I think so. I think I'm so. Sure he, yeah. Like, cause isn't that's kind of blown Michael my mind a, a little sponsors, bit. Isn't he a sponsor invite this week too? I don't think so. I think he's probably in as a past champ. Or like as long as you're a pro of. golfer, you can be like, Hey, I'm going to pick. I have my, if you, if I think as long as you're not a mule. <laughs> Michael Thompson, not a mule. I mean, he's won a few times, right? Yeah. He's he's like a he's like a Clydesdale. Okay, I honestly think Michael Thompson is like a, a big gun guy down at uh, at Sea Island, and Paresh is is another gun guy. I think this is what they they vibe off of in the free time when they're not hitting the range up down there. So Michael Thompson finished one thirty sixth in or sorry, he's one thirty sixth in the FedEx Cup this year. Did he win last year or was that the year before? He won Minnesota. He won the twenty nineteen. He won the twenty twenty three M Open. That was three years ago. Jesus. Yeah. Um, the fall schedule anyway. was announced. Um, Hold on, I got a, I got a couple other okay. teams. Sorry, 
Um, Damn it, another down leaderboard. I've walked myself into this. Exactly. <laughs> this is my fault. Got some Sea Island Mafia guys. The, the captains are playing together. Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker. Oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, I thought you were going to say Zach Johnson and Luke Donald. And I was like, Randy's got to hate this. Show some competitive balls, guys. Come uh, on. Uh, big text, Jimmy Walker playing with assistant DA points. Um, <laughs> the Olsen honorable, the honorable assistant DA. Olison and Hoygaard in a Danish team. All right. Uh, come on, TC. Uh, you know, Ryder Cup team there. Uh, John Daly and David Duvall. Hell yeah. They're playing together. I mean, they, uh, they, Eduardo they Molinari are letting anybody into this Donald. tournament. Yeah, this event yeah, should rule. Are. It really should rule, and I don't Which know why great. it does it. It's not designated, so yeah, you know what? You can do whatever the hell you want this week. I think that's great. I'm taking the week off. It's great. Uh, Ryan Palmer and Scott Piercy. Ryan Palmer taking a distinct uh, downgrade <laughs> from his last few partners. <laughs> right? Yes, um, I'm terrified to do any jokes live uh, on that pairing. But yeah. Sahith and Justin Saw. I think that's going to be a pretty pretty dangerous team. There. Justin didn't play play well this weekend, but I think that's about it. Smo and Higgs, man, the pride of Trinity Forest coming. Smo and Higgs, of course. Matthias Schwab, Vincent Norman, another potential. Uh, All right, so what you were know. you saying about the fall schedule? Exactly. Zach Blair, Zach Blair, Blair and Marty Doe, the Doughboy, Lingmurth and Blix. I'm gonna mute you, TC. We're done <laughs> with the teams for next week. All right, so. All right, the uh, the fall schedule is announced. The top ten, uh, you know, the top ten in the what's called, being called the FedEx Cup Fall. God, a missed opportunity to include mules in this. Like this is the mule championship, right? The FedEx Cup Fall. If you finish in the top ten in the in the fall, the top ten that are not otherwise eligible get into the first designated events uh, after the century. It looks like there's a fun little like totally optional viewing schedule for this fall it's you know not probably not as many big names showing up for it but a ton of uh reshuffling to play for within so i'm not going to get into all the details of it um uh run uh ryan french at monday q info tweeted out all the info for it um we retweeted it and it's on our timeline as well but um any idea how big the per how big the fields are going to be for like the full field events like like the bermuda say or shriners or sanderson because like i don't know how they're going to fill these fields out with more than like 125 guys. Don't know the answer to that. Um, still. We yeah. should workshop it though. Like Fed, instead of FedEx cup fall season, should it be like fall trail or like, you know, something mule spirit, you know, related to mules. I don't know. Like the, the, uh, we'll work I'll on it. We'll, we'll think come back. It. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to you on that one. So, <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to break down all the details of it, but it's it's uh, it's good that they're separating out and not starting the new season this <laughs> That's fall. That's a good one. Dom Dunaway. Juan Valdez fall swing brought to you by FedEx. <laughs> we asked um, long ago if there were any any companies with, with mules in their logo, and Juan Valdez is is the uh, – Is it, is it is Valdez or Valdez? I, you know I can't pronounce anything, so it's probably Valdez. Wilbur Knowing me, situation. I'm, I, it's a default that I pronounce things wrong, so – I think it's the fall hall. That's good. <laughs> Presented by FedEx. Uh, TC, why don't you take us to the Lote Championship in Hawaii? Oh, my last gosh. Night. I would love to. Uh, it played a lot harder than it has in, in past years. This is, of course, the LPGA event in Hawaii up at Awa Beach. Um, Ernie Ells designed course up there. Watched quite a bit of it. Uh, it was a Saturday night finish. So it was a Wednesday to, to Saturday tournament to allow the ladies enough time to fly from Hawaii to Houston for this week's Chevron Championship, the first uh, major of the ladies' schedule. 
this year which, in, in which in Houston. How many of the people that are playing in the major were were in this? This was not. This was a Mule LPGA event. Uh, usually, like almost yeah. every event looks like a designated event, and I was like looking for some top names, and not a lot of people showed for this one. Which is- yeah, there was. I mean, it was it was tough. There were you know Nasa Hataoka and uh, Celine and Brooke Henderson. A few other, like Georgia Hall continued her run of great she play. Awesome, but yeah, Grace Kim won in a playoff. Um, she was nails. Like she she birded her last two holes to get into the playoff, and then made a like a very routine birdie. Kind of pushed her te- her her second shot. It was a par five. Um, kind of a little bit farther right than she would have wanted, but. The other two ladies made a mess in the playoff, Yu Lu and Yu Jin Sung. And um, yeah, Grace Kim, she had a standout amateur career in Australia, graduated off the Epson tour last year. Um, she seems delightful. So very excited to see her playing well. Linnea Strom played well. Yeah, Georgia Hall, like she's been in Fuego. She had, she was T6 this week, kind of cooled off on the weekend a little bit. I don't you know, overall, like kind of a kind of a weird event in general. Like it always just feels kind of taped on to the LPGA tour schedule. You know, they've got a big, big run coming up with Chevron, Wilshire with, uh, God, they've got the founders cup. They've got all sorts of like great, great tournaments coming up. So we've got plenty of great LPGA content coming this week too. We got an LPGA, uh, Chevron challenge. Uh, was it Chevron championship now? What's it called? Uh, Chevron championship. championship. It is still the, it, what formerly was uh, the Dinah Shore, the major that was out, uh, the ANA Inspiration, that has many different names uh, that was held out uh, west in Palm Springs, is now held in Houston. Uh, we'll have a preview of that kind of, uh, we have a, also an interview coming up with Danielle Kang coming out Thursday, and then our preview episode, I believe, is going to be out Tuesday this week. So yep. uh, major championship season starting on the LPGA Tour, which I'm holding out. I, I'm holding out for judgment on the Chevron until. Uh, well, I'm curious to see how this week goes, because I'm wondering if we're if we're given a free pass on uh, on major championships. We we've been hard on the Avion, and I need the Chevron. The Avion's ha- not a major, right? I need the I need the I need the Chevron here to have an identity, and I'm hoping it does. And I don't know what it is yet. We, can- we talked a lot about that on the preview pod, right, Cody? Yep, I'm looking. Preview pod covers all of that. What the course is, who's Perfect. you know what they've been doing. I think they they're doing a lot. The club and the membership is doing a ton. Chevron obviously is uh, like a six year commitment, but five years here at this location in Houston. Cover it all on Tuesday. Like you said, Thursday we got uh, Danielle interview that you did, and then Friday, if you like your live shows, you will get your live shows for the first time ever. We're doing a live show after the Friday evening. Uh, conclusion of of the telecast right here on YouTube. Love it, and I think Solly, it's a it's a Mr. Nicholas design. They have a Mr. Nicholas and a Mr. Fazio design there. Uh, it, it seems like it's pretty long, a lot of elevated greens, a lot of quadranty stuff, but a lot of short grass around greens as well, which we liked from this week at Harbor Town for sure. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they set it up for the ladies. Mr. Nicholas is getting some some love for taking part in the Harbor Town design. What do you guys think about this idea? If they had, you, you could just do it one year, just as a trial. You, you do an eight-round tournament, but it's spread out over two different weeks. So, like, you play Harbor Town and then you play Memorial. They're both at the same in their same time slots that, that, that they usually are, but you just combine the results. So, Harbor Town is the first four rounds. You get to Memorial eight weeks later or whatever, and you know, wouldn't that be interesting? Let me stop you right there. 
We we don't care. We, that we sounds don't like care. A, that sounds see, like a horrible idea. Uh, we'll, we'll let you get that out there. That was like an answer that to a question no one was asking. Nobody's but, asking that. But it, but that's interesting. Thank you for that. That I'm that asking. Tells me we're close to wrapping up. But I know you want to talk corn fairy tours. Yeah, right? let, let's we'll let you take a victory lap here, TC, with your boy. I do. Yeah, uh, corn fairy tour. Spencer Levine won, guys. His first win in an in a PGA Tour sanctioned event. In his career, That's amazing. 18 years, 18 years, like 350 events, according to Monday Q Info. Uh, we finally got it done. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. He shot a bogey free 63 today. And he's still uh, using he, the happy Gilmore putter. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it's, he is like, I was talking, I was texting with Alex Baldwin, the Corn Ferry Tour president earlier. And I was just like, man, like, I'm so happy for Spencer. I'm so happy for the Corn Ferry Tour. I'm so happy for us because we get to, Potentially see him on the PGA Tour next year. That's amazing. It's awesome. That's amazing. You need to effort uh, Spence for at least a trap draw check in or I will. something. He just seems like he's he's just in a great place in his life now. And and I don't know. I'm thrilled. I'm 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 over the moon for him. Another friend of the program, Rico Hoey. I play with him in, in a Corn Ferry Tour Pro Am. God, this was like five or six years ago now. Great guy. Uh solo second or sorry, solo third. There, I think he's he's looking very promising to lock up his PGA Tour card for next year as well. One of the best drivers of the golf ball, like on the planet. Mm. So back to back Eagles today, nine and ten. How about down, that? down in Texas, Cody? Did you get there at all to the tournament? No, had too much stuff going on. Uh, Little one turned four. Happy birthday to her! I missed the the cake and candles uh, for this show, but we'll make up for it later on. But I unfortunately did not get out there film or recording all this LPGA content for next week, but. Uh, I love where they play Rangers. It's it's crazy, like going out there and playing it and seeing how low these guys take it. Because when I go out there and play, I'm like, where I don't see 63s and 64s like on the reg. It, it's nuts. Uh, awesome to see Spence win and, and TC. Uh, any comments on on this Dallas golf course? It's fine. You know, it's better than TPC Craig Ranch. You know, <laughs> I appreciate you teeing me up there. Uh, <laughs> props to Corn Ferry Tour for like going live on the 72nd hole too. They they. They didn't used to do that. They're doing that now. They've gotten around the TV contracts. Like, that's fantastic, being able to at least see the last hole of a non-televised event. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring to you guys' attention, uh, Neil's guy, Russell Wilson, uh, allegedly flipped a golf cart. my guy. Don't do that. This is Denver. what you always do that. This is slander. TC's <laughs> here for I, the cycle tonight. This has been this, impressive. What, what is it? No, it's not. Mr. Unlimited is not my boy, TC. That is That is... That is untrue. So let's strike that from the record. Anyway, Russell Wilson flipped a golf cart out at Arrowhead into a bunker. It looked like allegedly. This is this is from from the internet. So who know who knows if it's if it's true? But hate seeing that from from Mister Unlimited. Hmm. We all do. We all hate, honestly hate seeing everything from Mister Unlimited. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Shit. I mean, think I had an office in the upstairs, like in like ne next door to the coaches. He's offices. had a tough run the last twelve. 12 months things it seems to be people catching up to his uh his bs yeah uh sally i also want to say i went to a baseball game last week first baseball game i've been to in like in years like four five six years the designated hitter thing is a disgrace oh it's terrible going to a, a national league game went to the reds braves game uh braves hit a, a walk off <laughs> It was, it, I was I was rooting for the Reds. Freddie was rooting for the Braves. All right, folks. Thank uh, you, everyone, for tuning in but, this week. No, like I will say, the pace of play was great. It was it was a it was like a two hour and fifteen minute ball game, but 
you know, I love the pitch clock. I, I just hate the DH. There's no strategy anymore. TC's a huge Savannah bananas guy. Yeah, big so time. Like, I, Loves those yeah. TikToks. Big entertainment Guys, product. We got guy. three minutes. Succession's coming on. Can't wait. Good, good stuff tonight. Let's do it. I wanted to shut this down before succession. I'm glad you said that, Neil. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in, Cody. Thank what you. What are you talking about? We got housekeeping. Oh, on, we go. do. That's yeah. right. I almost kicked us out. Well, we got three it, minutes. Come on. No, I'll say this. I'll make it quick. Basically, we made a big NIT announcement. So the Nest Invitational Tournament, that is our championship event. We will be going to Omni, Frisk, PGA Frisco Resort in Frisco, Texas, November 2nd through Saturday, November Flex. 4th. Again, this is our championship event. Uh, it's a season-ending invitational, and there's opportunities to qualify for it uh, throughout the year. So go to events.nolayingup.com if you want to get in on this big, uh, I don't know, big celebration, really. It's kind of the the one time all of us get together. Um, you know, the Nest community, partners, friends of the program. We save a few golden tickets for people, uh, but it is a uh, an event you qualify for, and there's over 30 um, opportunities to qualify throughout the U.S. Uh, and the U.K., Canada. So go check out events.nolangup.com. Uh, but we're really pumped to to take the event to uh, basically a championship golf course, a, a future major venue. Uh, two courses there, and we'll play a lot of golf. Everybody gets three rounds at least, and then a championship. Uh, eight eight people from each flight dueling it out for the championship. Uh, it's a ton of fun. So this will be, what, the fourth year of it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So, Fourth year, and we're going to the Plex. Going to the Plex, can, man. I still need a hotel room. It, just because it's in my city, it's on the other side of the city. So don't leave that wild, man. We can help you with Frisco's that. It's a long way up there. We can help you with that. They, they do have, an, they have an, an Omni property there. So check out events.nolangup.com. Uh, plenty more information on not only the NIT, but how to, how to qualify for it. And, and listen, just getting involved in all the events we got going on uh, in the uh, Nest and Roost community. You can find out more at events.nolangup.com. That's all I got. Love it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Cody, uh, sorry you had to miss the, the birthday candles and all of that, but thank you for running the ones and twos. TC, Neil, all the listeners, all the viewers, uh, sorry we couldn't be live on Twitter. I hope they get that figured out. Um, very disappointed in that. But we will be back uh, this coming weekend with more live shows, as mentioned, for the Chevron Championship. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Cheers. And I'm going to use uh, Jim Coons here, Broncos country, let's ride, <laughs> as, as our sign-off tonight. We can fix slow play, folks. Come on, we can wrap fix it. it. We're done. Good night. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.